They say that a mind is a terrible thing to waste. Well, generally, that's a true statement. But in this case, there really isn't much mind left in D. Scott's head anyway, so the only thing we're really wasting here is your time. Welcome inside the mind of D. Scott. Ladies and gentlemen, we are experiencing technical difficulties. Please stand by. Episode five, inside the mind of D. Scott. I am, I am D. Scott, and I, uh, I am joined by a very special guest. Actually, all my guests are special that come in here because it's, it, God forbid, anyone have to sit in a studio with me and chat. Especially now. Uh, yeah, now it's like thank goodness that the console is as big as it is, so we're far <laughs> apart from one another. We're not like right next to each other. No. Uh, Phoebe Lefave is in the studio with me from uh, WGY News. Hi. Hi, and also. The award-winning podcast, <laughs> yeah, um, Upstate Unsolved. Woo! All yeah. right, so let's 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 go back for okay. those. Okay, first of all, Upstate Unsolved is about cold cases in the capital region. Uh, it's actually, I mean, it's all upstate New York. So essentially, anything that's not the city or Long Island and up, which we understand <laughs> and, and is down, not and not downstate and not downstate. <laughs> so I guess I would say capital region and north. Okay. is Upstate Unsolved. How did we? How did you get involved in the podcast? Like, what brought the idea about? Are you just like into cold cases and like mass murderers and? So I'm obsessed with true crime. Okay, it's it's a uh, a little unhealthy. No, I'm just kidding. It's quite <laughs> healthy. Um, I'm the daughter. Of... You're right. It's completely healthy to be into murderers. You're right. <laughs> it's totally fine. It's totally fine. Um, so I'm the daughter of a retired state trooper who, uh, you know, spent his entire career. Working with criminals, obviously. Yep. Um, as when I was, cops tend to do. Well, you know, as, that, <laughs> as they do. Um, when I was little, I actually asked my dad to bring home a criminal so I could see a criminal. Bring home a criminal. Like, <laughs> home a criminal. Not, not some evidence. No. Not like a, not some kid. No, like, I bring home a bad guy. Bring home a bad guy. And um, hey, I don't, wait, I don't know. Hey, after you arrest he, this guy, uh, bring him to the house. Yeah. Don't, before you take him to jail. No, and I thought that was a very simple request. I don't sure. know why he didn't listen to me. How old are you? Oh, um, this was, I was probably five. Oh, okay. So it, it completely made sense yeah, in a five-year-old's mind. It made like, complete why, sense. Like, why not? Dad catches bad guys. Like, bring over a bad guy. Like I a don't fish. understand. Like, yeah. Like, like and he caught a fish. Like, he would come home sometimes and he would have the sirens going, the lights going, oh. and blaring, bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? Really? What you gonna do when they come? Oh, yeah. He had a Camaro at one point, which was really cool, <laughs> and he loved that. Does he know the words to bad boys? <laughs> yeah, well, for sure. He does. Oh, so, better sure. than Will Smith and Martin Lawrence do Most in the movie. Most definitely. Okay. Most definitely. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I've just always. Hold on. <clears throat> Okay. As I die. Um, I don't have the coronavirus, I promise. Um, Let's hope not. <laughs> I don't have any Lysol spray in here. <laughs> We're supposed to. Um, so, yeah, no, I just, I grew up with knowing about bad things going on in the world. When 9-11 happened, the next day, our second grade teacher asked us, you know, what we knew about what was going on and I raised my hand and just word vomited <laughs> all of this stuff and my teacher had to cut me off and said like okay Phoebe you oh. know not everyone knows that and I remember like looking at my classmates and their eyes are just like really big and it kind of hit me like oh I know more 
about horrible things going on in the world than my peers. Right. And so that's just kind of, that's just what I was used to. And that's just, I don't know. And so then um, I think the first time that I realized that, oh, true crime is a genre that you can consume was <laughs> the Making a Murderer documentary on Netflix. That was the first time. But, uh, but. So now like you didn't watch like the first 48 or any I of those did, shows. But I did. And that's the thing is like I would, if I would be flipping through, you know, channels like right. Unsolved Mysteries would come on or the first 48 or, you know, um, America's Most Wanted. And I would be drawn to that. And then in the People magazines, where they would always have the little true crime sections, and I would always read those articles, but I don't know why in my head I didn't realize, like, oh, you're interested in true crime. That's right. just not something that I really got. I thought it was just weird. I thought I was just a weird person for finding this stuff fascinating. So Making a Murderer well, came out. Maybe. Um, <laughs> Excuse you. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. I don't... It's, I don't... Okay, and that's the thing, is when people say, like, I love true crime, it is a weird genre to say, oh, I love true crime. I love finding out about these horrible things that happen to people. But it's not it's not so much the horrible thing that happens to them. It's, like, learning about that person's life mm-hmm. and learning about what they went through, the victim, I mean, when what they went through and how they, unfortunately, met their end. And as someone who has anxiety, it's almost like, okay, what can I do to avoid this? Right. And so I think you also find a very interesting overlap between people who like true crime and people who have anxiety, which is too, they're kind of <laughs> uh, counterintuitive, kind of. Yeah, a little bit. But uh, there's a podcast called My Favorite Murder, which is hosted by Georgia Hardstark and Karen Kilgariff. And that was the first true crime podcast that I was like, oh my God, these are my people. Mm-hmm. They really normalized talking about mental health and they really did explain that phenomenon of, you know, why do people who are who are anxious, why would we choose to listen to this? Right. But for some reason it it almost Did they come up with a reason for like why people with like I think it's because the more things that you know are bad in the world, the more you can try to prevent that from happening to you. So for me, I started carrying a stun gun. Okay. Uh, You know, we work odd hours. I sometimes have to walk in a parking lot by myself Mm -hmm. at 3.30 in the morning. Right. You're darn right I have my stun gun (laughs) with me because I, people are insane. People are insane. That's true. And also just the general, like, I'm more aware of my surroundings. Mm -hmm. I'm more acutely in tune to um, when someone is not a good person and <laughs> I should really stay away. I called it the uh-oh feeling as a kid and I've just continued that through today. Fair enough. If I have the uh-oh feeling, I have the uh-oh feeling and I'm done with you. Um, you and I, because I do the other podcast with the uh, with the psychics. I mm-hmm. do Psychic on the Scene. Do you think, because we've talked about you being um, empathetic. Yeah. Do you think that maybe that's what also leads to, like you pick up on that feeling, maybe you're a little bit in touch with that other side? That I'm, it's, You okay? Yeah, I have a cold. I've had a cold for three weeks. And I, know you, I know you can cut that out. I'm waiting for when I can. <laughs> I, I know when there's a pause, when I can cough. I hate, I hate to tell you, I barely ever edit anything. Okay, well, fine. Then people can just hear me cough. Like, welcome to Phoebe LaFave's life. 
but got so, this from my birthday weekend. <laughs> so do you? But do you? Do you think maybe that's where the uh oh feeling is coming from? You're picking up on other things. Absolutely. Um, I have to tell you, it's every single time I've had an uh oh feeling about someone. Mm-hmm. That feeling is correct. Okay. Every single time. Fair enough. And so I've just really started actively listening to my gut. Mm-hmm. And that kind of worked with how we picked our first case. I mean, Suzanne Lyle's case, the way everything came together and the similarities within my own life and her life mm-hmm. at the time of her disappearance. Um <laughs> My dad was involved in the search for her. Okay. There, the way everything lined up for us to tell her story, I believe is, it, it was bigger than just me. Okay. I think that there was a lot more at play just in the way the timing happened and the connection I formed with her mom. Mm-hmm. It was just very much this feeling of I have to tell this story right now. Right. So, and, and basically everything just fell into place. Everything fell into place. I mean, Diane Donato, who is an amazing reporter for GY, I consider her my mentor. Mm -hmm. And on a Friday I said to her, I kind of want to do a podcast. And she, and I bounced some ideas back and forth and, my was like, oh, we should do it together. And she was like, you'll be the talent. I'll be the executive producer. You know, okay. we'll see where yep. it goes. And we mentioned Suzanne Lyle's case. Mm-hmm. And I came up with the name Upstate Unsolved. We ran it by Jeff. And he's like, this is really interesting. We should definitely talk about this. Nice. Then that following Monday, we got an email from St. Rose announcing the new Cold Case Analysis Center that they had just unveiled or unveiling you know, that Friday, the first case they were covering was Suzanne Lyle's case, mm-hmm. and her mother was going to be there. So I responded to the uh, to the R's, the invite, and I went and made contact with the director of the Cold Case Center and Mary, Suzanne's mom. And a week later, I was five hours deep into a conversation with Mary about wow. Susie, and I realized the scope of this case. And, uh, you know, that was in the beginning of November, and season one premiered. On March 2nd, which is, it was the 21st anniversary of her disappearance. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything just came together. And then here we are, you know, uh, March of 2020, a year later, and we won an award for it. Right. And on a personal level, it also was the perfect timing for me because my husband and I separated a week before the premiere of the podcast. Right. And I'm divorced now, but I put everything into that podcast. Right, and yeah. I gave so much of myself to her case, to telling her story. And obviously the Cold Case Center was instrumental and it was a partnership and it was, they provided so, so much, you know, manpower. But I really connected deeply with Susie and I read a lot of her poetry and there was just interesting things with her poetry like I would go look for something for an episode and at that point I was really making you know an episode would come out that Thursday it would get approved that Wednesday so it was on a week-to-week basis and there's a lot of work that goes into it as you know and much more involved in this well it's different it's just different because I have to write a whole script and you know I have to edit interviews and make sure everything makes sense and um and 
There Which was, is, com- again, a completely opposite from this one. No script. Well, nothing really makes sense. No, on well, it's it's fine. no, it's a free-flowing conversation. <laughs> That's what, it's It's a different, there's it's, different, different genres. Yes. Um, so, I, I'll never forget, there was this, I was really struggling. I was really struggling, and I have really bad writer's block. It's, it's so annoying, mm-hmm. and I'm sure I annoy my boss so much, and I'm like, I just don't know what to write, and I'm sorry. <laughs> I just, like, the creative process and but it always happens is that exactly that's how exactly it went, how i sound that's when you went you that's went into a, jeff's office and it's jeff oh my god oh my god <laughs> yeah pretty much i mean that's only like a slight exaggeration um <laughs> ask him he literally told me to stay, told me i was needy the other day and i'm like I literally just threw my hands up and I go, have you not met me? I mean, you you should know this already. We've known each other quite a while. But anyways, so I was having trouble finding what to write. And I just opened up her poetry book and landed on this poem called A New Beginning. And I started crying. I don't remember the exact words, but I didn't even know that poem existed. Mm-hmm. And the name of my first episode was a new begin a new beginning. Wow! I didn't even know that existed. Right. And I read it, and it was she told so much of her own story through her poetry mm-hmm. that it just it just took me aback. It literally just made me o- overwhelmed. And you said, I, "I I am an empath. I feel all the feels all the time." Right. And I know that she helped me mm-hmm. with that. And I don't think that Upstate Unsolved would have been as successful as it has been if it wasn't for that. Okay. Which sounds very flowery, but that's really how I I believe it. But but the thing is is it does not to me. Yeah. Because of all the other things that mm-hmm. I'm involved with and, and have gotten involved with in the past almost year now. Or just uh, what do March, April. So I think next month was a year that we started the other yep. podcast. Yep. Um, so no, it makes it makes perfect sense to me. And and knowing Katie and Michelle the way that I do, they would tell you that it was that podcast was supposed to happen. Yeah. That was you know they there's a lot of talk about uh, nothing happens by accident. And I and I'm I'm a Christian and I'm very open <clears throat> in that belief and I I do believe that her case was put into my life for a purpose. Mm-hmm. And I mean, ultimately I hope that the podcast leads to some answers for her family. Right. Uh, I adore her mother, Mary. Uh, she and I actually have the same birthday, which is oh. something that, and All I was right. born on my mom's birthday. So it's like March 1st is a, a fun day. Mm. <laughs> um, but it's just, it's those connections that are just, you know, hard to explain. And, uh, yeah. So you go through season. Well, first of all, have they gotten anywhere because of the first season? So we have definitely gotten tips. Okay. Um, Reliable, I, or are they just like you know? I mean, so, and if you can't talk about stuff, I can't really talk about that because okay. we there's a process, there's a fair protocol enough, for enough. that. So yeah. No, that's that that's fine. But I I just wanted to know. I will know. say that I do have rubber gloves and paper bags in my desk that my dad gave me because of something we had received. Oh. So we have kind Fair enough. A set, yeah. <laughs> you had you had rubber gloves before the uh coronavirus outbreak. I, I did. I did. <laughs> I was um the hipster oh, of the- <laughs> I was wearing rubber gloves before they were cool. <laughs> yeah. 
Obviously. Not true. Michael Jackson wore one glove <laughs> all the time. It wasn't rubber, though. It was uh, sequins, but that's besides the point. <coughs> so then you get down to season two, which yeah. uh, season two hit me. Not so much the first half, because you did two yep. different mm-hmm. cases in the second season. Yeah. The first case you covered was Catherine Blackburn. Correct. And the second one was... Ruth Whitman. Ruth Whitman. Ruth Whitman. Now, this is the crazy thing. I think I told you, I've told you this story. You did a, an episode of, from the web department with BJ and Matt, and they were talking about the second season coming out, and I was listening to that. And then I'm, as I'm listening to it, I was on my way home from here, literally just got done recording a podcast for Psychic on the Scene. I am pulling in my driveway as you start to say the second case that we're going to be doing is Ruth Whitman. As you say this woman's name, I get anxiety like I have not felt in probably three or four years, to which I was then told by Michelle lyons Polito, who is one of my psychic mediums on the other podcast, that it's probably because I, had a conne- I made a connection with her. And I'm like... Oh, yeah, I don't like that. Because mm-hmm. that was, it was insane. Like, through the roof, mm-hmm. anxiety. And I turned my, you know, I got out of the car. I turned my car off and, and get out. I don't leave it running. That would be stupid, <laughs> especially with the garage closed. <laughs> Please don't do that. <laughs> no. no D- I don't stay in it. D- just, <laughs> D- <laughs> but, but, Please don't do that. Okay. And, but, no, I got out of the car. And I, I would say within a few minutes of, like, turning everything off, it went away. Yeah. But, like, the name stuck with me. Um, I've listened to episodes like I knew I had no idea who this woman was until you had mentioned her. Uh, and all I knew was that she was found on Sand Creek Road, mm-hmm. which I live off of Sand Creek Road. Mm-hmm. Little did I know that I drive past where her body was found every single day coming to yeah. and from work. Yeah. And also identified where the body was found mm-hmm. before you got to that episode. I was like, that's it right there mm-hmm. where the down tree is right in the creek. Mm-hmm. I'm like, mm, that's it. Mm-hmm. Lo and behold, I listened to the episode and I'm like, oh, I was right. Yeah, no, for sure. It, it's a, that is a scary feeling. But <sighs> Opening yourself to, to that. According to Michelle and Katie, it was expected by them, especially hanging around them all the yeah. time. So, so now the second season comes about. You get yeah. the, How did you stumble into the other two cases or was that, it so, was not happenstance? I no, so that was, um, you know, unlike the first season where, you know, the iHeartRadio, WGY, and the Cold and Mary kind of all came together at the same time. Mm-hmm. The stars aligned uh, <laughs> to get Susie's case. This was different. Um, Colony Police Department, uh, Kevin and Inve- Kevin Terry, and the investigator for let's say that over again. <laughs> Kevin Terry, the investigator <laughs> for Colony Police Department, um, had been. You know, working on Ruth's case since like 2012. Um, You know, obviously it's, she was found in 1959. So obviously it's an old case. Yeah. Um, So he couldn't, you know, spend a ton of time on it. But, you know, it's always been something that he's talked about. And so he spoke to Kelly Lynch, who, you know, host of WGY, Chuck and Kelly. And she passed along his information. We, you know, I... I talked to him a little bit. I talked to the director of the Cold Case Center. They made a connection. We got all the information for Ruth's case. And then Albany Police Department brought Catherine Blackburn's case to the Cold Case Center. And then I was brought on. So it was this kind of 
mismatch, you know, right. like of just people coming together. So gotcha. I didn't pick either one of these cases. I just told their stories. Okay. And, you know, Seth obviously did the interviews and mm-hmm. wrote all the script and all that. Um, but it was interesting. I had a season two was a struggle. Season two was a struggle for writing. Okay. Um, I, I don't. I don't really know why it might have just been where I was at. But I, I, I almost wonder, though, because with with season one, you had a connection. Mm-hmm. Season two, when you're kind of brought the two cases that you want that mm-hmm. you're going to do this, the episodes about or the season about maybe the connection, the connection was just stronger for the first one. It, for sure. And I, I almost feel guilty saying that because they they're all very important to me. Right. All three of these women are very important mm-hmm. to me. But I will say that I had a really bad writer's block, uh, which was a phrase I said so much this past year. <laughs> um, but Catherine Blackburn, I was looking through some stuff and I don't know how I missed it. Her, she was born on March 1st. Oh. And I was like, oh, well, hello there. Wow. Yeah. So that weirdly, I mean, take it with a grain of salt. But once like I read that, I got a lot of I just felt more connected to her. And her case was probably the most, uh, I would say, emotionally taxing on me because her murder is extremely gruesome, Mm. extremely, extremely gruesome. And there are a lot of late nights with her uh, working on her episodes. One of them... I was here until like 11, you know, I had gotten in at nine. So, you know, it was a long day, 9 a.m. to 11 p.m. And it was the episode where I detailed what happened to her. And I got home. So I live an hour away, got home around midnight, finally fell asleep around two. And I had the most vivid dream of being stabbed in the carotid artery because that's she was stabbed in the carotid artery. And that's Mm -hmm. ultimately what led to her death. And in my dream, I was stabbed by someone I know, and I had my hand around my neck for the entire dream, holding in blood, and I kept saying, I've been stabbed in the carotid artery. I've been stabbed in the carotid artery. Mom, Dad, I'm sorry. You're going to have to bring me to the hospital. I'm really (laughs) sorry that I'm doing this. I'm sorry I'm getting blood on you. And I kept apologizing, and I was just holding my neck. And I woke up holding my neck. Whoa. And for a good 30 seconds after I woke up, I couldn't take my hand off my neck because I thought blood was going. Like, I truly believed I was holding in my blood. Mm-hmm. And that really that really shook me up because it was just, it was a lot. It was just a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, I could see where that would be, like, mentally draining. Yeah. It, it just, yeah, that, that would definitely be something that it, I think would be tough to get over mentally. Yeah. And then I had a 20, I worked 20, 20 or 22 hours straight. Cool. Um, again, that was, oh God. I don't know why I just I turned in into so much, Al Pacino there. <laughs> I got in trouble from my boss for that. He was like, never do that again. <laughs> but I had to get it done. Right. I had to get it done. So I had, you know, I got in at, I don't know, 10 and left at, I think, well, the morning shows had started. Holy so. hell. Yeah, it it wasn't. I never again, and I never again. It was it was really bad, and especially it was, you know, talking about really horrible things by myself, like overnight. And I kept looking at the clock, (sighs) and I'm like, I'll leave it eight, I'll leave it ten, 
I'll leave at 11. I'll leave at 2. Oh, there's Reed Shepard pulling up for the morning <laughs> shift. Oh, I, I watched him leave um, from this exact room. Yikes. Oh, this is not good. It's crazy, though, how you can lose track of time when mm-hmm. you're engulfed in something. Um, I've never spent 22 hours straight at the radio station <laughs> at, ever. <laughs> In the 20 plus years I've been in radio, I've never had to do that. But I have come in to do things and produce stuff, mm-hmm. uh, whether it be like imaging for a show or my show or, or whatever the case may be. And, and you know, four hours later, yeah, I'm like, yo, I was coming in for like an hour and a half to yeah. do like two things. Yeah. And I ended up with like six things done because, yeah. but now here's the thing. And what a lot of people, especially people who don't go through the creative process and any stretch of the imagination is if you do not do it when you're in that mood, mm-hmm. you don't know when that mood will come yes, back. Yes, thank you. Exactly. Like you had, I I call Prod Seven my time machine. Right. Like that's truly like because you walk in it and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I've been here four hours. Right. Where did that go? And it, but you're so right. Like, it, and especially if you struggle with writer's block or just creativity block, right. like. You don't know when opportunity is going to, or that muse is going to come back. And so you have to just buckle down and do it. And people that don't do this don't get that. No. Because like I've been given stuff just in radio in general where it's like, hey, we need a, we got a five hour turnaround on something. Can you write me a promo, a station, uh, station promo? And I'm like, probably not. Like Mm -hmm. I might, but if I sit there and try to do it, I'm not going to get it done. When I came up with just the intro for this, which is nowhere near the amount of work that you had to put into it, but I wrote it, I had it voiced, produced completely Mm -hmm. all in the same day Mm -hmm. while I was working. Like I Yeah, because you do, you do. I was sitting over there and and Monica's like, where do you keep going? Monica's my boss. Uh, She she was like, where do you keep going? I'm like, you don't understand. Like I had to do this. Like Mm -hmm. I took a break from my job and I wrote it. Yeah. And then thankfully I'm good friends with our production, production director, Joe LaMonico in Rochester, who is a tremendous voice talent. As a matter of fact, voiced the character for uh, the Family Guy. For Family Guy, he was in the Weenie in the Butt episode. Oh, cool. He was Weenie. That's so cool. So I'm like, Joe, do me a favor. I was like, I don't really have any direction with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, conversational is at, at, at best. Give me a couple of reads on it. And that was about it. I mean, it's, it's maybe 15, 20 seconds a copy mm-hmm. for him to read. It had to be 25 minutes later. He goes, I gave you two reads. Let me know if you have something else in mind. I listened to them. I went, hmm. I played them for a couple of different people. I fell in love with the second read. Mm-hmm. Uh, I came in after, I finally, I did, I didn't, no, no, I did produce it on the clock. <laughs> Maybe. What? No, it's whatever. Listen. <laughs> no, off the clock. You it's did all, it in your home studio. It was radio. It's it fine. Was, it was work. It just it's wasn't that work. Fine. But I got it produced. Uh, I played it for Lou Roberts, who is uh, I've had on the on the podcast a couple episodes ago, and is also the production to whatever he is here. <laughs> and he was like, "Dude, I love it." Yeah. Swapped this a little bit. I mm-hmm. talked with a different production director, Carrie, out in uh, Hartford. Got a couple of ideas on things. Everybody fell in love with it. I'm like, boom. Now all I got to do is come up with shit to talk about. You're good at that, though. You're Uh, you're so good conversationally, though. Well, I appreciate that. No, because just our talks off mic are are very, like, to the point. There's no, like, there's no BS. It's just, like, 
I like I I like talking with you because it is just like mm-hmm. to the point, conversational, and yeah, no, that's you're good at this. Which which is thank you. Yeah, uh, which is odd because the I just did two episodes on my own. Oh, um, I did the I did the third one I did last week. Okay, and then I did another one earlier today actually. Oh yeah, because you thought I wasn't coming out. <laughs> right. Now that's the funny thing <laughs> about this one. Uh, we're double we're double dipping this week. And you're like, wow, he turned those around quick. <laughs> Phoebe wasn't supposed to be around. Uh, she turned up, had to come into work. So she's like, hey, I can do it. I had already recorded. But let me tell you something. Doing unscripted. Last week I did a half hour. Episode three was a half hour. This the episode four was 15 minutes. Yeah. The half hour one, I got four minutes into it. And I looked at uh, and I looked at the time and I went, holy shit, it's only been four minutes. Yeah. But then as I kept rambling, all of a sudden it was a half hour and I was like, yeah. okay, time to go. Yeah. Today was a lot more just to the point, uh, touched on a very, very couple things. I mean, the week, there's really not, this is why I'm glad you came in too. Yeah. It, it, we, gave, we have a chance to talk about other stuff other than the complete shutdown of the world. What? Could be going on right now. Nothing. There's nothing going on no, right now. It's not like at all. really slow in the newsroom. I literally <laughs> like just came into like, you know, check some emails. <laughs> the crazy thing is, is there's that no. one big story happening, just, but there, there's other story. news still happening. Like there's there is. other shit going no, on. No, there is. And truly, like whenever I check my email, which I'm doing now because it's been, oh, you know, 20 minutes and I've not checked my email, um, which is... What do insane. you get? Like, do you get like coronavirus oh, updates like every oh, it's half hour? Insane. Because we're a news hub, so we also right. are getting updates for New Hampshire, for Rhode mm-hmm. Island, for Connecticut, for Massachusetts, Ooh. and Ugh. it's different markets within Massachusetts. Right, and it's it's a lot. It it is mentally draining, and I was supposed to have this weekend off, and here you are. Here I am. Not only did you not have the weekend off, you're spending more time here. But, but that's talk. the thing, though, is I'm such a friggin' radio nerd and I love it so much and at the end of the day it's like this is what I want to be doing this is the industry I want to be working in god why I don't I don't know okay okay here's the thing I I can produce now like I produce the Chuck and Kelly show by myself like see now here's (sighs) the thing I can ask that question to any radio person Mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter who it is you're Compared to some of us, you're still relatively new in the business. Yeah, oh, for sure. Um, having Mike and Lou in here, uh, I have other friends that have been in radio for 20, for longer than you're 20 yeah. plus, 20 plus years longer than me, not 20 years longer than me, 20 plus years, but long, like a year or two longer yeah. than me, um, and, which is odd because they're not that much older than me. I'm like, what, how old were you when you started this well, shit? And they're yeah. like, you know, 18, 19. Yeah. Um, and you go, why? Why did you do this? Mm-hmm. Like Mike asked that asked me and Lou that question on on our episode, and I was you know I accidentally fell in love with radio, like it was not something I Same. wanted to do. Same. But once you start doing it, yeah, you it's know, addicting. And it's hard to say like why. Mike was in theater, so you know the theater thing didn't work out. And actually, it's the story he tells where his guidance counselor was like, "You should get into a more stable career like radio." <laughs> You got to remember, Mike went to school Stability. in like the twenties. Like uh, no, Mike was not in, at Shaker in the twenties. Uh, that's okay. The Roaring Twenties. It had to have been Must, like him and I Lou. Know. I mean, I call Lou, Lou and Mike Santa Claus and Jesus because they're, they're so old. I tell Lou that he smells like mothballs. <laughs> and I mean, listeners, mean. don't you understand why I would love to work here? I mean, 
all the positivity and the yeah. love that we share for each other. But that's how they treat me. <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, they don't tell, tell me I smell like mothballs because they can't call me old. So, See, I get different jokes. My jokes, the jokes I get are a little different. They have to be. For <laughs> HR reasons, they have to be completely yeah. different. Mm, they're actually... The first day, my first day back, because as you know, Mm -hmm. I started as an intern um, my senior year of college at St. Rose, and I completely fell into that internship by on my own by accident. And, you know, here we are. But I took like a year and a half. I left for a year and a half Mm -hmm. in between. I was an intern, a paid intern, and then a promotions assistant and a part-time news anchor. Then I left because I had to get married and get my ex health insurance. Um, and I then came back in June, wow. in June <laughs> of 2018. Um, and one of my first days back, I didn't really know Lou beforehand. Okay. So I didn't really know who what he was like um i don't think he knows this either but i was like at first like who is this guy he's like (laughs) he's off i don't know but i love him now you know whatever but he and mike made a very off-color joke and it had something to do with male genitalia (laughs) to each other or to you to each other but like I was there. I honestly don't remember because it truly didn't offend me because right. I don't offend easily. But I just happened to leave the room like mm-hmm. right after the joke happened, literally to go put my lunch in the fridge. Yep. Had nothing to do with anything. <laughs> I come back into the newsroom and Mike and Lou's eyes are like really big. And Lou's like, I'm I'm really I didn't mean I, I didn't mean to offend you. And, and Mike was like, I just and I go, guys, I was just putting my lunch in the right. fridge. Like, calm down. I'm. I'm okay. Like, <laughs> I won't break. <laughs> uh, so, but it, no, it's, uh, I love it. I do love it. It's, a, it is, an, it, oh my God. Thankfully, <laughs> I get paid to talk. But I don't get paid to talk on this oh podcast. God. I feel that same way too sometimes. So like it's when like, I'm just like, like, like yeah. and you're like, what the This is what I do. What I was going to say was, it's a very infectious business. Oh, for sure. I literally was talking to a friend of mine earlier this week about it. Mm-hmm. Um, because he wants to come on, and I'm like, I don't think that's a good idea. He works mm-hmm. elsewhere. I'm like, it's not going to end well for you uh, if you come in, because I don't know how they're going to take it. Yeah. Like, we don't care, but because yeah. uh, he wants to come in and talk radio. I'm like, okay, listen, every episode of my goddamn podcast can't be about radio. Otherwise, no one's going to want to just <laughs> listen to this shit. Um, but we talked about how infectious it is, and yeah. unless you do it, and you really love it, mm-hmm. because I know... Um, a lot of people in this business now aren't necessarily in love with the business. They're just doing it. Mm-hmm. But what you can get out of this business and it will never leave you. Yeah, so, for sure. And I think that's, that. I mean, that's why Mike and Lou have adapted the way they have mm-hmm. and, and reinvented themselves numerous times mm-hmm. to stay within it. Um, you are definitely, as a younger talent, one of the few that I've seen that is 20s. Mm-hmm. And a hard worker and involved in this business. Thank you. You're, no, and I and I mean that because I see a lot of other ones. Yeah. And the I don't know. I couldn't tell you, although I've never had a conversation with them. I couldn't tell you why they would get into this business mm-hmm. if they didn't love this business. Yeah, I I totally get that. And I've <laughs> I've had conversations with you know my friend George, who's mm-hmm. a WGY reporter, and he loves it. I mean, he's he's when he fills in for Chuck. I mean, he. Really does a good job. I will say the younger talent we have in this building is 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 much better than what I hear elsewhere, mm-hmm. uh, or more 
involved in the yeah. business. You know, they, you guys definitely show that you care yeah. about this business and, and wanting to be on the radio. Whereas, like I said, I hear people and I'm like, how can you do this and not get better at it? How can you continuously just do it and sound bored as hell yeah. doing it? And like, why? That's just, and I don't know, especially <coughs> this whole. It can't be the money. <laughs> Wait. They're like, do you not get paid maybe, like eight hundred dollars an hour? Maybe like they do? make huge <laughs> dollars, and that's and they just don't. They're miserable and they don't like maybe. it, but they get paid so well. I doubt it. No, <laughs> no, for sure not. I know where they work. They don't make that much money. No, and I, and honestly, like I know we didn't want to talk about the big elephant in the room, which is the coronavirus pandemic right now. Okay, but I will say that this pandemic has also shown me. How, again, how much I love being in radio. Right. Because even though it's a terrifying time, mm -hmm. it's scary to think that, you know, I have official documents now that mm -hmm. I need to carry on me and, you know, we're considered essential workers. I mean, yeah. my my dad is, you know, works for the Saratoga County DA. That's his retirement gig. And he's now working from home. Wow. And so, you know, it's real fun to be like, oh, hey, non-essential. Like, yeah. I'm an essential. And so it's, you know. He's like, yeah, but I have a gun. <laughs> True. Many, Never mind. Many. <laughs> <laughs> you have a badge. I have a gun. Whatever. So, um, but it really, it just has, not that I, not that I fell out of love with radio because I, I haven't. I still love, mm -hmm. I loved radio. But there was a little bit there that I was just like, what is, what is going to happen? Like right. I make so little, <laughs> which is not a knock to iHeart or iHeart. Albany it's just what, what the it's, market yeah. is right now like it's just but then this pandemic happened and it's that like renewed sense of this is why I got into this because mm -hmm. we need to inform the public yeah. we need to like keep them company right now they can't right. leave their houses yep. so it just really renewed in me this like this is so important this is exactly where I need to be right now um, being in as long as I have, you will go through those ups and it's it's definitely a peaks and valleys yeah. type of thing. And we we all need that. Like, it's just kind of a like, oh, that's right. It, mm -hmm. It's a reminder. Mm -hmm. You never really lose the love for it, but you do need reminders now and then to go. Oh, this is why yeah. I love doing what we yeah. do. Yeah. Because I get to a you get to inform people of what's happening. You get to like you said, we keep them company. Mm -hmm. Um, this week, and I, I mentioned it on the episode I did earlier, I gave a huge shout out. I will do it again to BJ. Yeah. Oh my God. Because in the past week and a half where this stuff has really, really taken yeah. off, at least locally, it's, I know it's been going on for a while. Calm down everyone. That's like, it's been more than a week and a half. <laughs> no, locally. I'm talking about locally. where I live uh, or where we live. BJ has gone and put together that list of local businesses yeah. that are still open and was reaching out. I jumped on with him with that as well, like just reaching out to people I know that own businesses mm -hmm. and putting this list together that, that can live on our website mm -hmm. so that we can help these people out. Yeah. Yesterday, making that video. I know. The, the thank you video to uh, our first responders and the people on the front lines, the doctors, the nurses. He's like, dude, this is why, you know, this is something that we need to do. Yeah. And I'm like, it is because we have a stigma here, mm -hmm. especially working here, of how corporate this place is. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, mm, on levels, yes. Yeah. But we aren't. We are all parts of this community. Yep. And, and that goes for any market that our company owns a radio station yep. in. There are people there that are part of your community. Yep. We are all there. Yep. 
We're just not not everyone here. Is, uh, that everyone that you hear, yeah, is here. But they are a part of a community somewhere yes. else. That yes. they the services in the com- companionship that we provide, mm-hmm. they are also providing to people here, but yeah. also to people in their direct communities. Right. And while yes, like that's obviously <sighs> different than what a lot of people would like. That's just where things are right now. And, right. you know, maybe that will change. Who knows? Like, but, you know, at the end of the day, radio is also the only thing that will be consistent. Yep. If the internet goes out, satellites and cable. Yeah. Radio is it. We're still there. We're here. Yep. We're never going anywhere. No. And I think that's something that the general public sometimes forgets because mm-hmm. of all the other media out there. Well, and that's it too. Like, I mean, <coughs> I know original. You know, originally with radio, it was kind of like theater, on mm-hmm. the radio. and then music really took over and stuff. And you know, for some of us, I I work on a music format station, so yeah. it's all about the music. There are so many places to get music now. Yeah, but there are very little places to get someone entertaining you mm-hmm. every now and then. Even if I don't entertain you that well, oh stop! No, I'm serious. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't me fishing for a compliment, trust me. But it's, you know, we we have that companionship where mm-hmm. you can't get that on Pandora or Apple no. Music or and whatever streaming service you're using. The ra- Granted, not everybody on the radio is worth listening to, but that's... That, but the people here are. Yes. Like we have, and that's something I was thinking about watching that video yesterday. A sick of amount just of just... the. The amount of talent that we have here, the yes. true talent, yes. is really something to be commended. And I've said that from when I started working here, what an honor it was to just be working in the same building with some of these people. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look around and I'm like, wow, you know, yes, the herd is thin, mm-hmm. but the amount of experience in this room, Gagliardi alone. Oh my, the gold standard. Gagliardi was sitting next to Marconi when he invented radio. I'm almost positive of that. Don't fact check me. Um, I'm not going to because I'm pretty sure you're right. <laughs> but Lou, Mike, Diane, yep. Chuck, yep. Jamie Roberts, yep. John Cooper, yep. Terry O'Donnell, Quinn and Cantera. Quinn and Cantera have been around, in, have been in radio for a long time. Chuck and Kelly. Chuck Kelly is not, she's been around for a while, but it, she's been on the radio for a while. Yeah. But she started with TV. She came from TV. But, but she now came she's, from TV. Yeah. And she's a radio person. And she's like, nah, 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 I do radio. <laughs> she's been it for what, 10 years? I have no idea. I'm pretty sure it's 10 years. It could be. She was here when I first started here. Yeah. And I'm going into my 10th year minus yeah. three months that I had off. Yeah. <laughs> I had a vacation. We don't have to talk about that. I had a three-month vacation. You did. I, I remember did. that. It was fun. It was sad. It sucked. But <laughs> I sat home and uh, was paid for it. So, and now I'm back. Woohoo! In a different capacity. Um, but now, let's, uh, now that we've gone off on our radio tangent, is there going to be season three? Yes. There I, is. Uh, I, I know you had it up in the air for a minute. <laughs> it's still going to happen. Okay. It's I, I can't tell you when. Um, we were like just on the cusp of starting, mm-hmm. and then all this happened. And there... What, you mean you don't have any, uh, like, free time to come up with another season? I don't. No? I don't right now. Come on. But, um, you know, if all goes as planned, there's there's a lot there's a lot behind the scenes going on. But I cautiously, optimistically would like to say 
that we will have something, you know, by the fall. Okay, fair it's enough. It's just, un- we, we're really at a standstill right now. Right. The whole country's at a standstill right yeah. now. Um, do you have, and you don't have to go into any details, yes or no is fine. Do you have a case in mind? There's two cases. Okay. Right. Not that we would do both, but mm-hmm. there's two cases that we are considering. Okay. Now, how do you decide? Do you flip a coin? Is no. it just left a chance? <laughs> it, no. It's left <laughs> to family, family's willingness to Cooperation be Cooperation is always key. I, I refuse to do a podcast when there isn't a member of the family involved because it's not about anyone else besides the family. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and that makes, that's, I think that, that's just kind of a, a good it's, thing to do. Like you don't want to put a- damn morals. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> but you don't want to put somebody on blast no. like that if they don't want their family situation talked about. And especially now on your podcast where it's like, listen, we can come on right now on my mm-hmm. podcast and we can talk about whatever we want mm-hmm. because- I, I don't foresee me having the same success with this as you've had <laughs> with Upstate on South. No, you don't, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to bank on that, but we you can talk can about still what, submit for awards. We, they'd be like, you have eight subscribers. <laughs> what do you talk about? Nothing. I don't talk about a damn thing. Nothing. Why do I win something? Do you have just like a, do you have a bullshit award? That I, um, we should make our own. <laughs> I think we should have, after all of this coronavirus nonsense would, is done, we should have an award show for the people that have had to work, like, consistently. I just thought, I thought you meant, like, within the building. Like, yeah. have our own, have our own podcast awards in the, within the building? <laughs> You'd fucking win that, too. You're not wrong. I know. I know. I know all the podcasts that are being done from within this building. I do 80% of them. Because I think there's only, actually, no, I do 50%. I think there's only four that come out. Like, who else has podcasts besides you, me? And BJ. Okay, BJ. You, BJ me, has BJ. Two. BJ has two. I have two. I have two, one. Four, Zach has five, one. Six. Are we talking about the morning show podcast, too? Those don't count those because don't those count. are like best of segments. Okay, fine. So, yeah. These are like original content. Yeah. So, six... All right, well then seven because there's because Terry, although five one eight paranormal project hasn't done one in a while, yeah. so there's seven. Yeah, I'm involved in two of those. Mm-hmm. Okay, so not eighty percent, but I got two and BJ's got two. Okay, I listen to my podcast yep. as vain as that is. No, and I listen to BJ's both of BJ's podcasts. Yeah. Okay, now I'm going to assume I like Zach, but I'm going to assume that Upstate Unsolved is better than his podcast. Um, uh, and, okay, so you win. This sucks. <laughs> This sucks. I can't even win an award no. in the building. Listen. Unless it, again, it's like, okay, Listen, well, I don't... Phoebe, Phoebe wins the best true crime of the building. <laughs> D. Scott wins the horse shit award <laughs> for just whatever he's talking about on this podcast. You know, you can very easily go just make yourself an award and give yourself an award. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'll go into the trophy place, like awards by Walsh. I need a trophy. For me, I need a I trophy. I just need for a me. trophy, please. <laughs> I don't care if there's a bowler on the top of it. I want that. Give me <laughs> I want the trophy. Just well, put this on it. I want to know if I get to keep my award that I want. Or does it stay Or here? does it have to stay here? Because I don't, that's not fair. I want it. I think most of the things you see here, uh, now if you ever come to the iHeartMedia Albany facility, you will see a bunch of awards that we've won. They're plaques, everywhere, plaques too. And, yeah. I mean, yes. and But they're all company based okay. or station based. So mm. it wasn't an individual. Like it wasn't John Cooper won this. It gotcha. was 
PIX 106 won this, WGY won this, or it was a production award or whatever it yeah. was. Well, but technically this is WGY's Upstate Unsolved. Okay. I don't know if you're going to get to keep it. Well, I'm, Although, listen. But I also may just cry. If you don't get to keep or it? Or complain. And oh, then okay. And then maybe the Kind of stop my feet. I can only do that for, I'm 26. I can probably only do that for like two more years and then it's not going to be cute anymore. I don't know. I, I don't have a clue. I've, <laughs> that went away from me at like 10. Oh, Because well. like I'm a boy. So, <laughs> like, so at like 14, if I was stomping my feet and like, Wah! people would be like, fuck is wrong with you? People think I, I'm younger than I am. So I just like let Fair it happen. <laughs> but to go back to that, if your award were to stay here, mm-hmm. out on the shelves of the lobby, mm-hmm. That's not a bad thing either. No, I know. Because you got to look at the other awards that are out there. I know. So, and yours is out there. You are a reason for that award. Whether you're here or not, you can claim that, that you are within those Don Weeks awards or whatever the case. I mean, your company that you're keeping, if you are in the lobby, is ridiculous. It is kind of, I mean, (coughs) and it, again, because of, so I found out that I won the New York State Broadcasters Association Award for... I would play sound effects and shit, <laughs> but I don't have anything queued up. Outstanding podcast. Uh, I found that out on Thursday, and truly, like, it was in the midst of, like, all this mm-hmm. stuff. We knew things were going to get bad. This was last Thursday. And I, like, I haven't posted about it on my own social media. Like, only a couple of my family and friends know. Um so really, you're getting the exclusive. Look at that. <laughs> Look at Who you. says that I don't bring you anything good on this podcast? <laughs> but it just, it's um, its just been too hectic to really think about it. And also just, it's also very humbling because I was at a point where I was just getting frustrated with mm-hmm. just like, what's going to happen with my career? And then this all happened with the pandemic. And then I found out that I got this award and it really... Like I told you, it renewed that sense of like, this is yes. why I do what I do. Mm-hmm. But also winning the award amidst all this is very humbling because it's like, I can't, I don't want to talk about it because right. I have too much going on mm-hmm. and other like people are losing their lives and people are getting sick. Like, I don't want to be like, oh, hey, look what I did. Right. But like when this all is over, it is pretty cool to think that I'm 26 years old and I have an award from the New York State Broadcasters Association. And not for nothing, I also think that because of the success of your podcast, you have influenced other news media's uh, outlets in the area mm. to start covering cold case stuff. Yeah. Because I've noticed that. Yeah. Uh, very similar, very uh, actually some of the same cases. Yeah. Um, so I don't think they would ever admit that. No. But you influenced that because it was like, Ooh, look at the success that this radio person is mm-hmm. having or this, this radio random. station. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that 101-year-old radio station does yeah. some good shit every once in a Excuse while. Excuse me, it's 98. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. 98 years old. Didn't mean to age the radio 2022 station. 2022 is Lord, our 100-year. the radio station? <laughs> Why not? I speak for all of WGO. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> but no, so I mean, I that's how I felt. I don't, and I've never... I think I wanted to talk to you about that just in, in like passing and stuff, but I've noticed it a couple times. Like I go on the website and I'm like, oh, look what they're doing. Where'd that come? You guys weren't doing that before. And you know, what's interesting is I feel like it would be really easy to get like, oh, well, that came from me, blah, blah, blah. but no, like really. And I'm not, I'm not bullshitting here. I'm not, you know, you can't swear on this friggin' podcast. 
I'm just kidding. <laughs> Even though I have like four As times. I just mouth the F word. Yeah. Um, no, because at the end of the day, that just means more cold cases are getting talked about. Right. And that is truly what I care about. And that is something Well, in that, this case, it's the same cold case that's being talked about. But that's... <laughs> anyway. But it is... Old, I understand what you're saying. It's, no, no it just because you can't like... It's it's different. It's not like I don't even know what topic I, we would just. It's not. It's a different type of topic because these are real people's lives, and the more <laughs> they get talked about, the higher the chances that we get some answers. So right. I don't care. Like I, good for them. If good for them for for putting in the time. And mm-hmm. granted, I don't think three minute segments is going to do anything. Right. Um, because you really do have to put a lot more time into it mm-hmm. and, than just an overproduced reenactment I'm gonna for assume, three minutes. I'm going to assume that we're talking about the same. Um, we don't need to name any names. I'm not going to, no, but yeah. I have, I've only seen it on the website. No, it do airs. They do, do they do stuff on the air? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, and that was not, listen, you could be petty about it, and I understand, I, I understand yeah. not being petty yeah. about it. Um, I completely understand that. So not being petty about it, you can say... Because of the success of what you did, it's being talked about more. Well, thank you. Um, so the in- <laughs> you definitely influenced it. Well, I don't- thank you, and I yeah. I appreciate that. I guess my thing is, you know, if all the local media stations are going to start doing this, then why don't we collaborate? Yes. Why aren't like why don't we talk about why don't we cross promote this? Like we are different industries. Like yes, we're the same industry, but we're different. And we all have working relationships we do. with everybody. We do, and so I don't. You know, there's there's a, a certain station that has never talked about Upstate Unsolved. Okay. Not once. Right. And I've been I've been interviewed by national magazines Ooh. about this, and we have. It wasn't Sports Illustrated, I assume. Yeah, I'm actually like in it. <laughs> no, that would be bad. No, no, <laughs> no. That doesn't um, make any sense. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Um, <laughs> I was um, going to say, would it be recently? Because they don't have anything to talk about right now. Yeah, they're just like, hey, like. There's no sports. Can you just, <laughs> can you talk about your lack of sports knowledge, <laughs> like, please? Sports Illustrated, those poor bastards. Now, I don't even know if they still put anything out, but it's like, oh my God, we got bowling. And darts. And we've got ice skating. Ice, ice skating is still happening. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All those fun and exciting I know. sports. They're going to have to move the swimsuit edition up. Yes. That's every ep- every issue now. <laughs> it's this just... Swimsuit issue. Swimsuits. What's going on? Nobody's doing shit. There's like three pages on Tom Brady. <laughs> and then just girls in bikinis. Yep. That's in, and, that's... They, and, and they do like the nude ones too, don't they now? Like, don't they have the sports... Yeah. Like everybody's naked. Yeah. Which it's just like, I don't just call it a porn magazine. <laughs> yeah, but they're not that naked. Like it's not, they're not full that front naked. Of, no, they cov- everything is covered up, but it's, but it's like, also like, what's the point? You're not wearing a swimsuit. So yeah, I don't know. I listen. All I know is like, I don't want to see Bryce Harper naked. <laughs> like I'm like, I don't want to see any baseball players naked. <laughs> That's just me personally. That listen, they've got cute butts. You will. I don't care. <laughs> um, you Have everyone you seen has butts and baseball pants. They're, they're That's not what I'm looking at when I'm watching baseball. I'm I, like, did you see that home run? His ass looked good too. Yeah, but did you see his booty? Yeah, I was like, wow, he hit that ball 480 feet, which must have been really tough because he's got them tight ass pants on. 
Yep. Yeah. And then my friends are like, dude, what part of the game are you watching? <laughs> His ass, obviously. <laughs> obviously. Hello, it's 2020. God, Stop wow. it. Where did we we went? Oh. Yeah, it's welcome to my show. I know. Listen, it took. I'm here for it. It took 53 minutes. Oh, my God. Because it's been two minutes into the bullshitting. Wow. But it took 53 minutes to fall off the rails. Wow, we talked. That's impressive. I'm a talker, dude. It's fine. My I, poor boss. Oh, yeah. Do you know that they told me? <laughs> Eventually, I, I, and like I, and Jeff doesn't seem like a, a long-winded conversationalist. No. Like he's very short. Like I talk to him here and there. And yeah. We, we BS here back and forth, but it's like after a while, he's just like, "All right, I'm good," and he'll walk away. And <laughs> yeah. I'm like, "What the fuck? I was in the middle of a sentence." Yeah. He so. Which, by the way, is a great way to get me to stop talking. Just walk away. I I love that man. He <laughs> he. So obviously, I've I've definitely been on edge this week. Um, yeah. You know, it's just been. It was Monday and Tuesday were the first day producing Chuck and Kelly alone because I was filling in for mm-hmm. Rachel, and that was a lot. And to hop of all the stuff going on, and then Wednesday, well, through Sunday is all Crazy. you know coronavirus, and I've been asking a lot of questions like. What's going to happen if this happens? What's right. going to happen if this happens? And, you know, he's not had the answers. He doesn't know. <laughs> and I, He's like, I don't know. I'm not a scientist. I'm a program director of a radio station. <laughs> I know. And I also have a really bad habit of just, like, talking out loud through my thoughts. Thinking. Think. I, <sighs> I don't mean to correct you. It's thinking out loud. No, Talk, talking out loud is what we do. Oh, oh, you're right. Okay. So thinking out <laughs> loud. You're right. Oh, Cause okay. Th- you're, cause you're not wrong. Because talking to yourself yeah. in your head is called thinking. Okay, fine. So <laughs> thinking, I think out loud. I work through my thoughts out loud. Okay. And I don't even know what the question was, but it was a stupid question. And as soon as the words had left my mouth, I was like, ugh. And Jeff just looked at me and he goes, that's a very Mike Patrick question to ask. Because <laughs> he, I don't I take that out. Just, uh, no, that's fine. I, <laughs> I don't no, even know what the hell that means. So because Mike, well... You were at the meeting, like when we were talking about the badges, and Mike was like, "Were you not at that meeting?" No. Okay. So Mike literally was like, "So this badge, this work for my family too?" <laughs> like, no. No, they don't work here. No. Why are your is your wife or grandkids <clears throat> gonna come in and do the news? So, and I don't even know what it was, and I was like, "You know what? You know what? You're, you're not wrong." And George just goes, "Phoebe, please only ask the essential <laughs> questions." And I'm like, "You're not wrong." No, but we all do that. I mean, I know it's especially now where everybody is so on edge, so on edge. So that you, sometimes you just talk and you're like, "Oh shit, I said that out loud." And especially now with how off everything is. So you have a lot of questions. Maybe not all of them are intelligent questions, but it's new for everybody. It is. And it's so just. We're, we're all dealing with this for the first time. Nobody we know has been through something like this. No. At all. Not even. I, I mean, granted, we lived, you know, most most of us lived through September 11th. Yeah. I was wor- I was working full time. Like I was, yeah. I would say an adult, but that's hard to even say I am now. But that was like the big thing. Yeah, of course. And the funny thing is I've heard people go, well, look at how it pulled us together. Like September 11th, Mm -hmm. there was a real unity going on Mm -hmm. for an extended period of time. I remember that. And and I said, yeah, and eventually it all just went away. Because I know people are hoping that once we get through this, and we will get through this. Absolutely. Um, Which I have to keep, like I say that as often as possible because I know people think, and they they get on that, we're not going to get through this shit. Yep. 
it's going to unite us for a little while. But even still, while it's all going on, we're divided. I know. I see it all. And granted, that doesn't mean, and I hate to use social media as a measuring device Mm -hmm. because it's so exaggerated on social media. Mm -hmm. And then it's all you see. But I still see people on both sides politicizing this Mm -hmm. shit. And I'm like, who cares? How about we just all be humans for a minute? Because everybody in the world, except for like Antarctica at this point. Which I'm sure eventually will somehow get there. Which I don't know. Who the f- does, well, no, are, there, because, are, there, are there citizens of Antarctica? Like, Well, my aunt and uncle are going there. Apparently like- To Antarctica? Yeah, apparently that's- On purpose? According to my aunt, um, everyone goes to Antarctica. That is not true. I have no desire- Antar- wait, now let me, hold on. Yeah. Antarctica is the yeah. South Pole. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I want to make sure yeah. I was getting this right. Yeah, it's cold. I know it's the South Pole, correct? Yes. Not the North Pole where correct. Santa Claus lives? Okay. Yes, I'm pretty sure Santa Claus lives in Canada. No, he lives in the North Pole. Which I'm pretty sure is Canada. I don't know. I don't know I don't either. Know how that shit works. I actually, that was a complete, like, I have no idea. I yeah. suck at geography. So. so, but you know what? Leave that in there because. Yeah, no, it's, listen, I told I, you before. I'm wrong. I'm going to say, I just hit save and then I put it all together and post it. Sweet. Um, so, so coughs, all those coughs, whatever. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I have a friend who is in the National Guard who has gone to South, uh, Antarctica. Antarctica, yeah. To the South Pole and had to spend months there. And he's told us stories. And it was like, dude, let me tell you, it's like 75 below. And that's not the wind chill. That's just like how cold it is out before the wind blows. No, thank you. Yeah. So your aunt saying that everyone goes there? No. No, they don't. I know. First of all, I think there's only like 18 people in the Antarctica to begin <laughs> they're with. They're all scientists. Yeah, and they're like, nobody even lives there. They're visiting. No. They're there on like a day pass. I don't even know. I don't even know how like one gets there. I don't know where you stay. Do you <laughs> stay in an igloo? I mean, these are all things that I should ask my aunt. By the way, when they go and they come back, can mm-hmm. you ask her if the earth is flat? Sure. Because I'm relatively sure flat earthers say that there is no such thing as the South and North Pole. Oh, Really? How could there be if the earth is flat? Oh, God, that's weird. I can't believe there's people that actually believe that. Like, I know there are, but that just blows my mind. I listen to, I mean, I might as well just plug everybody's goddamn podcast. Do it. I listen to Bill Burr quite a bit, the Monday morning podcast, and then he does the Thursday morning, whatever it's called, version of the Monday morning podcast. And he has been going on, like, episode after episode after episode because he's getting emails from flat earthers. And... He's like, look, it, I, I can't, I don't know for sure that the world is round because I've never seen it. But we astronauts know, have. We know the world, we know the earth is round because we were told that. And oh. we have no, and we have no reason to doubt that. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So that's that. And that's his argument. He's like, listen, I believe it. Yeah. He's like, but I don't have any proof Yeah. for myself. Mm-hmm. I've never done. He goes, the one thing he said was like, he's, he's like, I never left my house. And headed west <laughs> and kept going west and ended up back in my driveway. <laughs> so I'm like, fair enough. He's like, but yeah. because some of the emails. But eventually you would. Well, yeah, that, well, that's what we all believe because the earth is round. Like yeah. we wouldn't get to the end and fall off. No. By the way, I believe that what they always say is like if the world was really flat, all the cats would have knocked everything off. the earth by now. <laughs> 100%. So what he, he, what he says about flat earthers, you know, though, is he's like, because some of the arguments he gets from people is like. 
the government is telling us the earth is round so that they can collect tax money for the space program. He goes, that's fine if you want to believe that. But he goes, how did we get the entire world to agree with that and go along with it? Because he's like, other countries aren't going to care about what our government is doing. Hey, I am... I'm so confused That's right now. That's one of the theories is that they, people think that. The, so what do they think like the sky is? I don't know. They so th- like, I, do we think they think we're just like on a flat surface covered by a dome covered by a dome? Yeah, it's like a dome above us. We're like a giant snow globe. What? Yeah. That. OK. Someone got way too high <laughs> and um, there's a song actually called You Got Too High, You're Gonna Be Fine. <laughs> That's great. You just got too high. And literally, I think you just <laughs> got too high and your mind broke a little. That's the thing is someone had to start this. Like someone al- somewhere along the, the space-time <laughs> continuum, as I take stuff from Back to the Future, <laughs> someone decided somewhere in history that Everything that we learned in science and in school and from pictures is all bullshit. It's flat. (sighs) We live on a flat surface. That hurts my brain. It hurts my brain, but people believe it. Yeah, I know. It's it's mind blowing. Like I'm whatever. I'm concerned. (laughs) Hey, listen, they can. Yeah, I I have no problems with people. Having their own opinions. On yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Although at the same time, I just don't want you to preach to me your opinions yeah. to tell me that if you want to believe the earth is flat and I want to believe the earth is round, we can agree to disagree. But please don't try to argue with me to tell me I'm wrong. No. Because you don't have any points to tell me you're right. No. You know, we can have an argument about a can. Okay. But it, we can, it's a physical thing that I can hold. And I mean, I can't hold the earth. But. <laughs> Like we can all see it. So if yeah. I told you that this can was black, yeah, and you're like, no, it's green, it's green. and then someone else coming go, no, it's black, yeah, we go, eh, see, I told you, and you go, okay, it's black. <laughs> I well, unless yeah. you're colorblind, but that's besides. Uh-huh. But you can okay, better example. I can hold a ball in my hand, and I can go, the ball is round. You yeah. can't tell me the ball is flat, correct? Because we're both looking at it, correct? So you could say it's flat. I say it's round. You go, oh yeah, you're right. I see it, correct? It's, okay. We none of us can do that with flat Earth because none of us have been to space to really find out. Yeah. Except for the people that have been to, space, been to space, and they're not calling me. <laughs> Why aren't they returning your phone That's calls? Bullshit, NASA. NASA. NASA will not talk to me. NASA. I, I, he never, doesn't need space. I've never even tried. <laughs> it's not like I've reached out. You should out call. To them. You should. Hey, is Neil Armstrong busy? I just can't believe he's dead. But whatever. I am. I'm just laughing right now at where this conversation ended up. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty much par for the course. I'm I'm here for it. Okay, I think we're gonna wrap it up though. I think we probably should. Yeah, I'll, I'll uh, come on again. Okay, I'll tell you when I want to come on. This is uh, yeah, whatever you want to do. You just tell me. Listen, you, you D, I really need to how talk. my podcast is gonna go. It's <laughs> okay, fine. that's sure. Oh God! I okay. mean, I am an award winner. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. How am I supposed to say no to that? Listen, I don't have like Grammy winners or Oscar winners no, knocking like, down my door, uh, you so you can have... just go. Listen, I won a New York State Broadcasters uh, <laughs> Award. You need to put me on your podcast again. <laughs> and then you know what though? I can then I can tease that. You I can, can eat like New York State Broadcast New- Award winner. <laughs> New York Broadcast. I should have introed you that way. You, you fuck should've. it. Let's start over. Okay. All right. Okay. <clears throat> no. <laughs> 
<laughs> we're not starting. Yeah. Hold on. We're going to start all over. Do it again. Another... Copy and pasting. <laughs> like, we want to sit here for another hour. No, we don't. Do... Yeah, I know. We got shit to do. Like, <laughs> no, we don't. Actually, we have nothing to do because we can't do anything. <laughs> We're not allowed the earth to. Is flat. We're not allowed to. Not because the earth is flat. <laughs> oh, oh God! What was that? <laughs> that was a great noise. That was, that was a, a nose horrible laugh. snore. That wasn't. That was a nose laugh. That was pretty good. Oh no! All right, so it's time to get out of here, Phoebe. Right. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming back in. Absolutely. Um, season three will be out hopefully before the end of the year. The end of the world. Yeah, hopefully before the world ends, we'll get a season. <laughs> How's the difference? If the world ends, no one's going to care that's about true. season three I mean, of Upstate Unsolved. Excuse me. You're going to be like, the world can't end. I want a New York State broadcaster's Excuse award. Excuse me. Do you know who I am? I can't. Hey, although, if you're the only person left, who the hell is going to listen? <laughs> so, all right. Anyway, thank you so much. Thank you. You got it.